Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So now Posey ranges away, and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, what's going on, everyone? It is the next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. It's episode 20, and we're going to do mailbag questions, um, but we're going to do that uh, in uh, in a handful of minutes a little bit later on in the episode uh, because we're not going to beat around the bush. I don't know about you, Joe. I went and got my old – you can see it's a little dirty. I went and got my old one because, uh, like Coldplay said, man, it's time to go back to the start. Like, this is, this is a hot mess – there is building massive justified frustration and uh and we need to speak about it i i I don't i don't really know like you can go defense you can go pitching you can go hitting whatever i i know what makes me the most upset is that they look like a little league baseball team Mm -hmm. right now when they're Mm -hmm. on defense um you can talk to me about a hitting slump you can talk to me about pitching analytics different things going on. They throw the ball around the field like a little league team. I think it disrupts inside the the, the clubhouse chemistry. I think it kills the vibe for fans. Um, and and quite, I, I know this won't be very satisfying. I don't know what the hell you do about it. I, what do I don't you do either. about bad defense? How do you fix I, this? I don't know. I mean, look, to go back to Friday night. They're, they're pitching a gem. They can't even toss the ball from belt to Doval covering first base in a 0-0 game. I think the whole entire series flips right then and there. You know what I mean? Like simple little plays. I don't expect them to play perfect. They look 
so bad. And Timmy Anderson today is running around the bases late in that game, just like I'm going to make something happen like he's in uh, eight under uh, baseball game. And the Giants are just throwing it around. He ends up staying on third. They get the guy at second. Boom. Guy hits a chopper on the very next play. He scores. He's laughing coming into the dugout because he knows – their defense is horrific right now. Guys are out of position, but also they've just got a whole entire lineup of subpar defensive players. I don't know what the answer is, Mark. I I'm really gonna, don't. I'm going to ask you a pointed question here um, because I, I think we hear from fans and listeners sort of equally across the board. Um, say hello to Penny, um, hey, Penny, right? Because the Giants are playing like dog bleep. Uh, but anyway, um, I <laughs> I think we hear equal parts across the board that this is on Farhan, this is on Gabe, this is on the players. Which is it to you? Man, I think this is a really tough one. I can make an argument that roster construction is part in why they're where they're at right now. You know, they were banking on, you know, for example, they, they're banking on Jock Peterson to, to, to play against certain people. And, and he's not the greatest defensive player, right? We understand that. But what has happened out of necessity is he needs to be an everyday player. So I'm going to take a step back defensively, but here's a guy off the bench who I expect to be one of my premier defenders, Austin Slater. How many bad plays has Austin Slater made defensively this year? Okay. My, Stremsky, not only has the bat been non-existent in June, which I think he batted like 168 or 170, defensively, it feels like he's a step off. Now, he made a beautiful play the other night, but it's all the little plays where he's a little too deep. The ball shallow drops right in front of him. He's a little too shallow. Ball hit over his head. They're just a step slow everywhere. And then the guy at shortstop, like, I don't know what you do here. Mark, I really don't know what you do with the shortstop position right now. With Crawford not there, they are so bad up the middle defensively. We know Catcher, short, center. You want to be strong up the middle. They're weak at all three. Look, uh, nobody's innocent when it comes to this. Um, I get triggered, too, by Donovan Walton. Uh, if you're going to hit 170 and and play up the middle of the infield, yeah. uh, I actually can wrap my head around it if you can give me glove work. Uh, but if you can't even execute a throw from shortstop to the second mm-hmm. baseman without hucking into right field and ruining a game in the third inning, I, 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 don't, I, like, I don't know. There's got to be a different option. Um, they, they've made a hundred trades with the Mariners this year. Hell, make another one. Find yeah. someone else to play shortstop until Brandon Crawford gets back, uh, because this is just getting beyond uncomfortable. So there's no one innocent. We know that Farhan Zadi, um, you, 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 you have a certain plan. You know that I'm a backer of this plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Gabe Kapler's also executing the plan. Um, however, when you do it this way, you leave yourself open to criticism when the team plays like this. They've still won more games than they've lost, mm-hmm. and last mm-hmm. year still looms, but you leave yourself open to criticism so no one's innocent. But in my eyes, Joe, like enemy number one, even though you're going to yell about Farhan and Gabe all you want, but this is on the players. Oh, Because I'm, when, I, when I'm watching I'm this baseball team play, uh, you can say, oh, they don't have enough exciting players, or mm-hmm. oh, they're in a slump. Or, or, or there's this stat or there's that stat and Gabe's pulling the wrong trigger with a reliever and all. That's normal baseball stuff. What I see that's abnormal is ball players who right now at times don't look like they're major league players. If, 100%. You, if you can't hit cutoff men, if you can't throw the ball from second base to first base, if you can't throw the ball from shortstop to second base, how am I supposed to get on a general manager 
yeah. when y'all look like that out there. And we're going to hear from Gabe in just a second because he said something real interesting before and after the game mm-hmm. um, and before and after the homestand with regard to the Giants' focus and where their energy is mm-hmm. right now. But for me, there's just too many innings and too many plays where they don't look like big leaguers. So for me, point one is the players. This is on them. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're onto something. Individually, they just got to play better. There's no doubt about it. But the other part of this is, I think people are expecting Farhan and Kapler to account for injuries that hadn't even happened. Like, who would have predicted that Brandon Crawford would finally go down and they'd be screwed at shortstop? I mean, you look. If I told you Tatis is going to be out, you know, multiple months, the Padres' defense is taking a hit. Francisco Lindor for the Mets, their defense is going to take a hit if he's out. We saw the drop off. Uh, in New York when Jeter ended up retiring. But it's not just that for me. There's more to this. I, Kai Correa and Ron Wotus, I know they worked on the infield last year, and that's Wotus's baby was infield defensive play. Maybe him not being there, maybe, maybe there's an effect there. But I agree. Make a play. Like, individually, have some pride defensively. How does that – how is it on Gabe Kapler when Austin Slater is mailing the cutoff, bro? I don't understand how I can blame him when, when Duvall can't cover first properly. I also feel like there's another word bouncing around in my head right now, and it, and it goes to the players more than you might realize, and the word is leadership. So with Buster Posey gone, uh, we knew that this team was going to have a, a, a job opening, and that mm-hmm. job opening was for team leader. Uh, Brandon Belt seemed to tongue-in-cheek take that job by putting a captain's hat on and having a whole lot of fun with it. The problem with that kind of an approach is that only works – if you're hitting and if you're playing and Brandon has either not been playing or not been hitting this year, last year, he was amazing when he played yeah. amazing, but this year it's not working. And so when he's in the doldrums and his face is drooping and Brandon Crawford is hurt and, and a quiet guy anyway, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you see Gabe Kapler come out and say, I don't like where our energy is. That's when I start going, okay, Who's leading this team? And you have no everyday players out there who can take that role. Jock Peterson's the closest, and he's just out there doing this to I know. fans. And, and, and the biggest story around him is fantasy football this year. Yeah. So it's yeah. real hard to have that kind of credibility when that's, that's who you are. I think the Giants are missing something in the on-field leadership yeah. department right now. That's just such a great point. No, Buster had highs and lows, right? People forget, like, he did struggle at the plate in second halves for a long time. Like, that was kind of traditionally his thing. Legs get shot, you know, he needed rest. Brandon right now, Brandon Belt, that is, when he's slumping, I think it's hard for him to be that personality lifter and continue to do what he's doing. He batted, like, 165 in June. He is in a deep abyss right now at the plate. It's not just him. The other guy who I thought was a leader on this team after the first couple months, Mikey Yaz. Mikey Yaz has fallen off the cliff. And not only has his bat just evaporated defensively, and again, he made a really nice play the other night defensively. He has misplayed so many balls out there where I'm like, what angle are you taking? On this, I like. I feel like when you get in a slump and you're trying to do too much, the big errors happen. And outfield play, that's happened left and right for them this year. And it started with Mikey Ass. Uh, let's hear from Gabe. So essentially before the game, he said, look, we're starting to have some questions about where this team is focusing his energy. I can't believe this. And, and just to sort of let, for those who have not seen the, the article, the comments from John Shea, um, to sort of encapsulate what, 
Gabe was talking about. He wasn't saying like, you know, guys are out partying too late. He sort of struck a chord of uh, guys are falling into a negative mindset way too quick. Okay. Uh, focusing on things they can't control. You're upset about a call from the umpire. You're upset about the field conditions. In other words, things go bad. You start complaining, right? Or pitchers potentially complaining about, I got to get four outs every inning Mm -hmm. because they can't catch the ball behind me. That's how clubhouses can spiral out of control. And so this is a really dangerous topic. And as soon as he said it before the game, They go out and lose 13 to four and their catcher is pitching by the end of the game. That said, he was asked after the game, did you feel better energy from your team? Here's what he said. These are kind of ongoing things. They're not like a light switch, right? And so we're, we're working through it. This is a group that as individuals and collectively have experienced adversity before. This is not new. It's a challenge that I think we all take very seriously, but we're just not going to get bent out of shape and get super low because we have all individually and collectively experienced adversity before. This is part of baseball. It's what happens in a major league season. Sometimes everything goes really, really well for long stretches of time, and sometimes you play shitty baseball for a long stretch of time, which has happened here. But it's not, it's not breaking us. It's just part of the game. And I know where fans are going to be on this. It's an interesting uh, soundbite. And um, I know that some are going to say, you know, that you don't want a measured approach. Um, The old classic manager throwing set, right? Like walk in and hop the spread the wall. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think on a veteran team that works. So that won't land well with people until it starts to turn around. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I believe that that kind of a measured voice that Gabe Kapler has, I think is going to serve them well here. I I, I really do. You know, the the only – I hate to dice up his words in the post game, but, like, when he says, hey, you know, everybody's faced adversity. And, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Of course he's got – to get to this point, you've had to have faced adversity. But the reality is – you know, Donnie Walton ain't getting it done. You know what I mean? Like those kind of guys. Darren Ruff was in the Japan League for for a reason, right? Last year might have been the outlier. He's batting like 220 this year, although he had a nice at bat late in the game. Like he's been really bad, really weak, and come back down to earth. Longo has been trending down for quite some time, though he had a great week this week. You know, so there's a lot of guys on this roster that I look at. I'm like, actually, there's a lot of guys that, yeah, they've overcome adversity to get to this point. But they're not even supposed to be at this point in the bigs because Darren Ruff, 35-year-old, doesn't have a miraculous season in normal baseball years like he did last year. And now it feels like he's coming back down to earth. And I'm just plucking him out of the out of the crew. Like, who's a proven commodity when you look at that baseball? Like, even Lamont Wade, we were all excited. He's back. He hits the, the, the home run yesterday to start the game. He's not even in the lineup today. Right. And, and it's not, it's not like they're facing a lefty. They faced a righty. I don't know. I just well, I kind of just throwing my hands up at this point. I, I guess he tweaked something in the game last night. They didn't. Was that what it was? It was? Big, yeah, they didn't see. It, they didn't think it was a big deal, but they gave him a day off uh, because of that. And that's kind of the thing that happened last year so nicely that hasn't happened this year. We were yeah. talking about the depth of the team. That you know, think back to last year. There were up the middle injuries, and they went boop. Tyro Estrada. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? And yeah. there were injuries in the outfield. Longo got and hurt. And then, boom, you got Lamont Wade. Yeah. Longo gets hurt. What, Wilmer Flores plays a really mm-hmm. solid third base mm-hmm. for six weeks. This year, every single oh. little injury that's happening, 
you try to throw a minor league Mariner in there and it's not working. So, you know, I, I don't know if the depth play this year just didn't work or if some of those magical performances last year are, are, are just not repeatable. I would imagine it's a combination outliers. Yeah. And, and like the other element that we, we can talk to or blue in the face about like, how are players feeling? Logan Webb yesterday gives up three runs, pitches a full six innings. I thought it was a good outing. You know what I mean? I'm looking back watching and I'm saying to myself, that must be really tough to know you have no shot of winning that game and you gave up three runs through six. And in modern baseball, that's a great start. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's go around the bigs. No one's throwing into the eighth and ninth inning anymore. Well, especially when two of the three runs came on a misplayed ball and left hey, field hey. by Jock Peterson. I mean, at a certain point, this is going to rip your heart out of the pitching <laughs> You're staff. so true. Right? It doesn't look, it doesn't come yes. out as an error on paper, but it's like – it, it shouldn't have gone that way. So to me, we start and, and, and finish this conversation uh, about defense, uh, even yeah. though most people are going to talk about hitting and pitching. All right, one more from Gabe because he was asked, uh, do the players need to have a, a Gabe Kapler free meeting here to sort of hash this out? Here's what he said. I've had several meetings with players and groups of players and staff over the last couple of days. I think the players are meeting amongst themselves. I don't think there's anything specific that needs to be done because those conversations are happening. They're ongoing. Okay. So he sort of says, look, it is going to happen. It doesn't necessarily need to happen. Um, I'm at least happy that the Giants are uh, Gabe Kapler, even in a measured way is saying, look, the time for urgency is right now because the good news is is it hasn't gotten away from them yet, mm-hmm. right? Like they look yeah. awful. They still mm-hmm. have a winning record, and the wild card is still right there. Absolutely. Yeah, but 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 the change has to come now. Yeah, and I don't know what that change looks like. I mean, obviously you want players to play better. I just think they need a spark. Mark, they look lifeless right now. Like yep. they need one of their guys to step up and give them a spark. And I don't know how they're going to get that right now. I watched them go. The White Sox are one of the most disappointing teams in baseball, right? They just You just look at the, what they've done this year and all the drama with La Russa and most people who are, you know, pontificating on the game go, hey, the White Sox should be much, much better. They just came in and pounded the Giants. Yeah. To me, that was their get right series. Maybe they could turn this thing around if you're the White Sox. And I'm the Giants. I'm saying, where's that get right series for them? How are they going to turn this thing around? They got out pitched, out hit, out ran, and out defended all weekend. Reds, Tigers, White Sox, and they won two games. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. There's no way around it. Uh, We're glad you're with us. Uh, Before we move on, and there's a lot to get to, including the developing news that came out over the weekend and our mailbag questions still coming up. But a reminder that this is Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Tell your friends and family. Rate, review, all of that so that you don't miss an episode, which come to you twice a week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, Anthony DiSclafani, done for the year. Um, we know that that sort of feels like a, um, <laughs> I hate doing this because ne- you never want to see anyone get injured, but I'd rather, when someone's injured, mm-hmm. I'd rather see it get addressed than keep trotting them out there to give up six runs in three innings uh, a- anymore. So I, I almost felt like, this is part of that urgency that we were just talking about. I said it after the last start. I'm like, you can't keep the doing this. You can't keep sending them out there. And so now they're not. Uh, Di Sclafani, year one of three in that contract extension is now done. I mean, this is on a short list of all-time free agent just whiffs. Like, I know Zito is going to always take the cake for most people when you get a $100 million deal, and it's the first one that the team gave out outside of Barry Bonds, and you're this big, high-priced free agent. But, like, this has Matt Morris vibes to me. I mean, going back 15 years when they signed him from the Cardinals, and I was like, okay, middle-of-the-pack starter. You know, he can help bolster whatever they've got in that 3-4-5 spot. And we saw Di Scalfani last year, and I'm thinking, okay, one-year deal, I like it. Then this offseason, I'm thinking two-year deal max. He could be my four or my five. When they gave him that third year, I I texted our group chat. I was like, one year too many. I'm not really feeling it. But you're right on the fact that, like, if he's hurt, then, yeah, have the surgery and get right because it looks horrible right now. This just looks absolutely horrific. And if you keep pitching him like this, you're only going to tax your bullpen even more. You need to go out and you need to get – I don't care who it is. You need to give up a prospect – to get a starting pitcher because these guys in the bullpen's arms are going to fall off by the end of this month. Yeah, they've got three of the top three appearance guys in all of baseball, Brebbia, Tyler Rogers, Camilo Doval. And you do wonder what that's – I mean, they're all – I mean, Rogers has been, eh, you know, not not as good as last year. Uh, Duvall has been mostly good. Brebbia has been great. Uh, but what are they all going to look like in September and October – is, exactly uh, is a completely fair question uh the other side with junis is almost back he had another sort of uh re, re, you know rehab effort uh earlier this weekend and uh, and and reportedly that went well so that helps but even with him back the setback to matthew boyd now Di Sclafani out for the year that depth of eight or nine starters that they went into the year with is already right up against it so the month of July is now here. I definitely look for the Giants to add a starter by the end of yeah. the month. Well, and I think, look, as negative as this is right now, well, let me give you the silver lining. 
I want to see one of these young guys get an opportunity to either make or break themselves. If it's Sean Jelly or whatever, like I know that they've had him in middle and long relief at times. Maybe you give him an opportunity. Brebia got the start today because they do that little opener thing, you know, go one inning and let's, let's see what ends up happening. Do that with Jelly. Give him a couple opportunities to get through the lineup one time and let's like have him give an opportunity to, to feel himself at the big league level. What is there to lose at this point? Uh, uh, listen, here, here's all I'm going to say. Because I know we, we talked about him once already. I'm, I'm going to mm. say it again. If this guy has another good outing or two at double A, I, I just, even if it's just one start, I'm just bring Kyle Harrison up and give him a start and see what happens. I What's totally the worst thing that can happen? Okay. If he, he gets rocked you know, and he goes it, back down, that's it. it. Right. That's it. Who I cares? mean, Everybody else comes up and down every other day. Exactly. Ask Jason Vossler. Tell Vossler to stick Kyle Harrison in his hip pocket one of these touches. Bring him I'm on totally up for a second. Him. Let's go. And I know Vossler's not going to double A, but you know what I'm saying? I'm totally Go get him. You. Let's yep. take a look. Give him mm-hmm. a few more double A starts. If he keeps dominating, mm-hmm. let the guy come up and give you a spot start. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? Speaking of the minor leagues, very interesting article and process is being developed for Joey Bart, who mm-hmm. hit an almost 500-foot moonshot at AAA, mm-hmm. uh, I think, on Saturday night. Very, very encouraging there. But uh, Joey Bart is not down there to just get some at-bats and see if he can come back. They are doing a full revamp of, of his swing. The home run is obviously encouraging, but it feels like this is the start of a journey for Joey Bart, not something that's just going to be a little tweak here or there. So it's going to take a while. And while the early returns are promising at the same, I never like to see when the number two pick in the draft uh, who finally gets his chance this year, we're already at the word revamp. This is not the word I wanted to hear about Joey Bart. No. And him saying, I used to rely on my talent and now I've got to work on it. Like now I'm questioning your work ethic, whether that's even valid to question or not. Like the fact that you threw that out there, I'm worried about this. And like, look, I, I went down the rabbit hole. I did the side by sides. This is what he looked like in his batting stance in his swing and opening day. This is where he's at now. You know, it looks like the bat's a little more off the shoulder, a little more upright, whether his stance is closed or open, that's up to your own interpretation. But this isn't good. I mean, there's no other way around it. The only other time that this has worked for someone that I can think of, Hunter Pence, at the end of his career, he looked finished and washed. He came, he got the big high leg kick. I know Justin Turner did this as well, but he hadn't established himself at that point. And Hunter Pence added that to his repertoire, went to Texas, had a monster year, ended up signing back with the Giants and coming back. But these are few and far between. I mean, this is like a last-ditch effort you do at the end of a career. Not at the beginning when you haven't even established yourself. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's to me, um, it, it's kind of something I'm just going to file uh, until next year. Uh, I, I hate to say it um, for a number of reasons. I actually do not hope that the that we see Joey Bart again this year, uh, a because this is something that's going to take time to do it right. Mm-hmm. And B, if we see him, I think it's because the Giants are out of it. And, and, and I don't want to see that. I think that right now, the, the, the PR feel of the Giants is bad enough, but if in two to three weeks, in some form, the Giants become sellers, th- I, like I do not think that the fan base will handle that. And I know how this staff 
talks about buyers and sellers, they will sort of, it, that word is similar to when you ask them about the closer. Who's your closer? We don't have a closer. We have mm. whoever's closing that night. Yeah. They're going to say the same thing at the trade deadline. Our trades are about being smart and making our ball club now and in the future better. So whether that's buyer, seller, that's up to somebody else to label. Yeah. But they got to be real careful here coming off of 107 wins, having payroll go down. If they start selling off ball players, uh, this is this I just think it's a look that their fan base is not going to accept. No, I think you're spot on here. And look, this feels like worst case scenario for outside of getting injured in the minors this feels like the worst possible scenario the guys uh, the hall of famer prematurely retires the kid gets thrust into the role he's not ready he clearly looks overmatched now we're talking about a complete overhaul this reminds me of a kid like it just using sports analogies franchise quarterback goes to team with no offensive line and has to learn how to throw the football properly like any young quarterback who's working on arm angles like instant red flag right like so that's what i'm thinking about you're a hitter and you're reworking your hitting this i uh, this is really sad and we all want to see him succeed because it'd be important for him to be a linchpin in this organization but right oh. now if i had to bet mark I, i'd say he's not with the organization two years from now well not only would i bet that but i mean it's kind of bad timing too we sit here in july the idea of joey bart being a big story in july would have been one of two things either he's playing really well and yeah. he's a candidate for rookie of the year or yeah. or it's not quite working out and would Farhan consider Joey Bart being included in a deal to go get some help because as we've always talked about he's not a Farhan pick I don't know how how signed up Farhan actually is for Joey Bart but now you're optionless you're absolutely yeah. you can't play him and you yeah. certainly can't trade him. I, I don't know who who wants to acquire Joey Bart right now. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what position like he catching defensively, he's fine, but you gotta hit. I mean, he cannot hit right now. Here's the, the thing I'd ask you. Do you buy any of the COVID missing year for him in the minors? Do you think that has any effect today on who he is, or this was just bound to happen no matter what? I think I think we use stuff like this when we're searching for answers. Yeah. Um, and and you know, like that would be one thing if he was the only one who dealt with COVID. Um, but I'm pretty sure the whole world <laughs> dealt with COVID. Yeah. And there That's are other true. minor leaguers who are hitting the ball. And, yeah. uh, and other players who are coming up to the bigs and realizing their potential and whatnot. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, that, that you got to be able to fight through. Did this make for a, uh, a wobbly start to the professional career of Joey Bart? There's no doubt. Was he asked to do some things two years ago in the pandemic year? Uh, was he asked to do some things maybe a little bit too early? Sure, maybe. Um, was last year equally odd after having the pandemic year in the bigs mentally you get sent back down and here comes Buster Posey back and he looks fantastic are all these things difficult yeah professional sports are difficult yeah this is well this said. is adult stuff here yeah. and he's not 21 he's 25 and and, and the, you know there's just a they're massive holes in his swing and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna search for blame on that one Joey like so many of the Giants, they got to play better baseball. Yeah. To me, it's that simple. That's really well said, Mark. I'm with you. And they're just, I'm just sad. I wanted him to be a part of this team's future. I heard about him for so long. I was emotionally invested with sight unseen. You know what I mean? Like we, we didn't really see him. And so, 
Uh, it just sucks because I thought he'd be a foundational piece for this team. You draft number two overall, you want Bobby Witt Jr. You know what I mean? You want a guy like that who's going to be a foundational piece who's killing it for the Royals right now, and it's just a gut punch when those guys don't develop. Garlic fries and baseball, guys. Make sure you are subscribed with Joe Shasky, Mark Weather. We bring you two episodes a week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm very excited about this. First time here, episode yeah. 20. We got a bunch of mailbag questions um, from uh, from our subscribers and our okay. listeners. And so let's dive through some of them. Uh, here's number one. Based on Johnny Cueto's performance and contract with the White Sox this year, would both of us want him on the Giants? And what would you give up for him? What do you think on that one? Well, I think Johnny Cueto is a complicated character. I always felt like when the, the, the lights were the brightest, he pitched his best. And when the team was kind of out of contention, he didn't really serve a purpose for your team. Like he's a guy that like he has to get up for the moment. Like I don't know how to describe it, but yep. he's a particular kind of a player. I don't know how much he'd really help this team right now. And if you watched him last year, I mean, he looked horrible, horrible uh, at times over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's a guy I have a fond memories for. I still do the shimmy when I'm doing little league pitching. But in terms of like his reuniting with the Giants, that ship has sailed for me. You know, for me, this is look, if the Giants are going to go acquire someone, it's funny to me that we would suggest while we're all yelling about where are the exciting players, <laughs> where are the big money players. And then you're going to sort of bleep foot around and say the acquisition's going to be Johnny Cueto. Stop bleep footing around. If you're going to go get somebody, go get somebody that's going to win you a playoff game. Exactly. I don't want Johnny Cueto on the team unless I feel Johnny Cueto can go win game three of, of, of the National League wild card round series or whatever the hell they're going to call it this yeah. year. That's who I want. Last year, the Dodgers acquired Max Scherzer. I'm not saying you got to go get the best yeah. pitcher in the league, but I don't want a pitcher unless I feel like he can go give me six or seven oh. innings in a playoff game and win it. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. I mean, like, think bigger Giants fans. Think Frankie Montas, even though that might not happen for the Giants, but think someone who has team control, has bullets left in that arm, and is someone who actually scares the opponent. You know what I mean? Like, let's, I, let's, let's, let's raise our bar a little higher. Love the idea of Montas, but did you see that he left after one inning today? And you're I just going, I mean, I the A's the A's can't even trade someone in time. Like I this mean, whole thing, you know, and, and how would you? It's only, you know, it's not even July 4th yet. Um, but but my God, like, I, yeah, Montas would be perfect if he's healthy. And now yes. we don't know. Um, all right, next one from a very good faithful listener, 
uh, to uh, to 95.7 The Game and our podcast, Stephen Risotto, who says, oh, nice, uh, we saw that playing the platoon game and working matchups could result in winning 107 games. But is it a sustainable business model from an entertainment standpoint? How can fans feel excited to attend a game when Jock Peterson, with an all-star campaign, might be sitting against a lefty? Okay, not only is this a great question, this is the question. This is the it question is that the everyone's question. asking right now. So here's how I would personally answer it. Um, can working matchups and the platoon game be sustainable? Yes, dot, 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 to a point. So first off, the platoon game and working matchups, that happens with every team in baseball right now, mm-hmm. and it's not going anywhere. And in fact, it's not new. It's not new. The way that it's new is that it's at every position. Yes. And so we talked about leadership earlier from a leadership standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, um, just from the standpoint of, of the ability to put a lineup together with some recognizability and, and, and some fear in the opponent. I do think that there need to be some everyday players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you need at least two or three of those. And yeah. the Giants, I think they agree. Remember, Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford were supposed to be that. But injured again, not performing the same way again. I have no problem if you want a platoon right field or platoon second base, if you also have a three, four, five hitter that are there every day who are putting up some big numbers. I do still believe that's where they're going. That's where the Dodgers ended up. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they're going. They're just taking a little, a little too much of their sweet time getting there. Let me give you two, one current, one former Dodger. Like you got the the Taylors, the Chris Taylors, who can play multiple positions. He'll platoon, but you've got guys like Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Trey Turner who are written in permanent marker, you know, etched in to the Ten Commandment tablets, if you will. And then I'll move Taylor around. I'll move Kiki Hernandez, who ended up moving to Juan, I believe, yeah. to the Red Sox. You know, I'll move him around. Those guys can work one or two a night, and you can work those matchups if you have those superstar studs. Problem is, look at the splits for the Giants. They've got one guy. His name's Luis Gonzalez, and even then there's a little bit of a drop-off. Everybody is so dramatic in terms of versus righties, versus lefties. I guess Jock is having a pretty balanced season for, for his standards, but like they just don't have any guys that can hit properly against both righties and lefties, they are forced to pull the lever on the platoons. And yeah, from an entertainment standpoint, it's draining. Like it just straight up is. I want I want to see Vladimir Guerrero every single day, bat against righties and lefties. Uh, all right, next one. What's more likely, an upgrade at the catching position externally or a resurgent Joey Bart? We talked about this a little bit. Uh, returning to the big leagues. What do you think? Yeah, to me, I think that they're going to go via free agency or the trade and try to get somebody to patchwork the next two years. It looks like to me, Bailey is at least a couple years away. Now, they did have pro talent at the catcher level coming out of spring training in every single level. I don't know where that stands today. It's so hard to find. Is this double-A guy going to be able to make the leap up to the big leagues? Is the triple-A guy worth keeping? To me, it feels like that's a position I think they can go out on the market and find someone either under team control uh, for a year or two or find a free agent, even if it is Contreras. Maybe maybe he's the guy. Like JT Realmuto was one of those guys acquired from the Phillies. They kind of built everything, not around him, 
but they started adding pieces and he was one of the first dominoes to fall. Could that come down the same way for the San Francisco Giants? That's how I would lean in that direction instead of Bart. Yeah, I don't know about the whole Wilson Contreras thing. It is very, very enticing. And he is a Cub, which is where Scott Harris came from, is where they got Chris Bryant last year. So maybe there's a pipeline that gets created there. I certainly wouldn't hate that. I don't think Joey Bart is going to come back and be a big factor toward the end of this year. Um, All right, next one. Hunter Bishop is destroying pitching in Eugene. Is this something or nothing? This is absolutely something. This is definitely something. Again, and I'll I'll, I'll take sort of the view from 10,000 feet answer, Mm -hmm. which is that the Giants, uh, the whole thing that they're trying to do is build from the farm up right now. I support it wholeheartedly. Uh, You can look at the other teams around the Bay Area and see what an imprint a homegrown player has versus – um, you know, trying to, to figure this out through free agency and, and trades, it's much more difficult. You've got to have a core that, that, that is built from, from within. I don't know if Hunter Bishop will ever be that guy, but this is the best he's ever looked in his entire Giants minor league career for sure. And it's at a level where he's got a really good kind of all-star team uh, down there with him. And so if he's starting to really come into his own, uh, that's huge. That's absolutely yeah. huge that, that, you know, and, and I still think he's at least a year or two away. Uh, but if he's finally starting to, to have some success, uh, that's big. That's a first round yeah. draft pick. That's that's what should happen. Absolutely. He's one of their older of their top 12 prospects. He's probably one of their older guys. But here's the thing that I've known about him because I've been following him since Sarah High School. He is a ridiculous all-around athlete. Now, I know all these guys are, just, but it takes a little time for him. Same thing happened at Sarah High School. It took a couple of years. Then it clicked, and then he hit the ground running. Same thing happened at Arizona State. It took a couple of years. It clicked. He hit the ground running. He has battled so many injuries over the first couple of years being a giant. He finally looks healthy, and everybody who's seen him play says, if this guy can just put it all together, he's got all the natural athleticism and ability in the world. Power, speed, arm, positional versatility. I'd love to see him do it, and he's a local kid. I want to see him break through. I think this is an awesome step forward for him. He's got to build on it, though. He can't just have three great weeks, you know, in single A and go, oh, that's that's the pinnacle of my career. You're the ninth overall pick, dude. I need you to take quantum leaps over the next year. Okay, next one uh, from uh, Kevin Bodon uh, on Twitter. Uh, would the Giants acquiring Pablo Lopez or Sandy Alcantara at the deadline boost them to win the West or at least 96-plus wins? What do you think? Alcantara is the most prized possession currently on the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins. They love him. Sandy is their guy. He's their stud. I think it's going to take a ransom ransom amount of money to be able to pry him away. I'd love to have him, quite frankly. I just think it's going to be too rich. And how many different teams are in a position that are a little closer to a championship who are going to give you their top prospect or their second or third prospect for him because he's under team control because everybody wants more starting pitching. And I think that somebody's going to get super aggressive. Think San Diego Padres, think New York Yankees who still need a, a starter. So I just think it's going to be too steep for where the giants are at, but I'd love to have him. He's a perfect young arm that would really help this rotation. Well, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll rely on two points. One, I would say if you go get a starter, do not get anyone who you do not think can go win you game three or game four of a playoff series. Um, but we also know the yeah, the Giants are, are, are not going to break the bank 
for somebody to come in and pitch for for eight weeks if mm. they're not that close in in the division. And and I currently, uh, and, and I mean, quite frankly, the whole year, I've never really been optimistic about them winning the division. I'm very, yeah. very optimistic about them making the playoffs. I am totally pessimistic about them winning the division. The Los Angeles Dodgers are still whoever they are. The Padres look like they're not going to fall to whatever their pitfalls were last year. And so the Giants are already flirting with being double-digit back. Doesn't mean that they can't have a much better second half. I still think they will, but catching the Dodgers, to me right now the goal is to make the playoffs – uh, rather than 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 try to uh, try to overwhelm and and worry about winning the division, and and so I don't know. I think how aggressive they are at the deadline is going to be dependent on how well they play over yeah. the next three weeks. Yeah, one hundred percent. They haven't made back to back playoffs since I believe o two o three. This is off the top of my head. I believe o two o three was the last time they went back to back in the playoffs. So like that's just hard. I, I know the wild card spot gives you an, an an opportunity to do it now, which would be out there. I just like with the Walker Bueller injury, I, the Dodgers are going to be so hyper aggressive. They've got a, a ton of talent. They're like the number one ranked farm system. They're willing to surrender those guys because they've got so much money in the now that they need guys like that. But he's the perfect kind of giant. Him, Webb, hopefully Rodon opts in. Like that is a ridiculous pitching staff if you could acquire someone like him. I just think it's going to cost too much. Uh, last one at Stennett Rennie on uh, Twitter. Oh, nice. uh, Lamont Wade has played 122 games with the Giants and already got a bobblehead day. Seems kind of quick. What do you guys think? What do you think? I mean, E40 just got a bobblehead. He's played zero games for the San Francisco Giants, you know? I think I have a Rory McIlroy bobblehead when he came to do a Giants, you know, the opening ceremony. So uh, there's a peanut one I have as well, like from Stan Lee. He was like vaguely a Giants fan from Santa Rosa. So like, I got no issue with this whatsoever. I mean, come on, man. They don't have a lot of marketable guys. Late night Lamont, though he's been hurt all year. You know, he's back now. I'm okay with it. I just hope he's okay. He's only had like 13 at-bats since the injury coming back, and he's already – you're telling me he couldn't play today because of that. Because I'm looking at the line, like, why is he not in there? He had a whole yeah. run yesterday. Yeah. So it, I'm worried that the glass slipper has now turned back into a pumpkin on him, but I'm going to be patient because they really need his bat. And he can run a little. Look, uh, the, the, the answer to the question, is it too soon, is no – um, he's already got a nickname. He's already got a Willie Mack award. Thank you. Um, listen, the fans like him. Okay. He, he, he gets exactly. talked about on social media uh, a whole lot. So yes, I have no issue with it. However, does, does both of the, both of the things we just talked about Lamont Wade having a bobblehead and E40 having a bobblehead. Is there an underlying point here, which is that the giants don't have anybody who people want to show up and get a bobblehead for. Do you know what I mean? And, and the answer is yes. Yeah. And so, look, th- this is going to be a push-pull until the Giants do one of two things, which is either sign a big star or win a damn World Series. And, yeah. and, and until then, the fans are going to say, you got to do something that's more entertaining. And the Giants may respond and say, we will try to entertain you by winning. And, and one of the two things needs to happen very, very soon. 
Uh, now that we're here in the bobblehead zone, I have to ask you, Mark, because I'm I'm a weirdo. I like to collect certain things. I collect old pennants, right? I, from my childhood, I've always had the pennants, the flags. I've got tons of them all layered around my entire room. Um, and then I've got a couple of bobbleheads. I'm not the hugest bobblehead collector, just straight up, but I know a lot of people that are. I do cards and things like that. Are you a big bobblehead collector? Not a big bobblehead collector, but I am a collector. Like I love memorabilia. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I cool. tend I tend to lean more toward uh, experience type memorabilia. Okay, right? so that stuff that, that you went to, yeah, like commemorating yeah. something when I yeah, you know I was I like there that. or somebody I met Personal or a attacks. moment, a picture, uh, yeah, uh, whatever. Like uh, one of these days when I've got a billion dollars, there will be a room that's just uh, memorabilia. <laughs> Uh, for now, it still stays in 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 well placed garages uh, through throughout California. Uh, but I do you know, the best bobblehead I have, and I think I yeah, yeah. have multiple. I, Barry Bonds. I, oh. I kept I kept a bunch of Barry Bonds bobbleheads really? when those came out. I think you know fifteen, maybe even yeah. twenty years ago. And wow. so uh, so I only have a few. That's uh, cool. I keep the really good ones. Yeah, I've got the Joe Panic sliding like he's like diving to make the play. It's a bobblehead, but he's on the ground. It's it's very weird. And then the other one that I that I really like because he looks like my my brother in law who passed away is the Travis Ishikawa twenty fourteen home run one. It's it's one that's near and dear to my heart because when I see it, I think of my brother in law. And so that's but going back to your kind of like pulling the heartstrings. That's all the stuff I have has some sort of sentimental value to me and my family, and that's. This is why we're kindred spirits, bud. Well, the, and, and and don't forget, I also have the side-by-side -side one of Crook and Kipe. Oh, um, that who, legendary. You know, just because that's of who legendary. they are, because that's the industry we're, we're in, that's yeah. great. I had a few others. I gave them to my sons, and now they're, <laughs> you know, they're the, like the bobblehead that's like sits <laughs> yes. there on the shelf, and it's yes. just like, you know, like their, their necks are broken, so may <laughs> they rest in peace. But, but uh, yeah, we uh, we protect the really good ones. Um, all right, there it is. Thanks for all those mailbag questions, everyone. We'll do that again really, really soon. Uh, for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, this has been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed so that you are not missing any episodes. Two of them come every single week. And our next episode will be coming up in the middle of this week after the Giants take on Arizona. We'll talk to you then.